0: Coming up on this week's show, Danny from Love Bites is here with recommendations for comfort reading. This is the Big Gay Fiction Podcast,
1: the show for avid readers and passionate fans of gay romance fiction. Each week, we bring you exclusive author interviews, book recommendations, and explore the latest in gay pop culture. Welcome, everybody, to episode 164 of the Big Gay Fiction Podcast. I'm Will from WillCanals.com, and with me, as always, is my co-host and husband, Mr. Jeff Adams. Hello. Welcome, everyone. I hope you had a fantastic Thanksgiving weekend, uh, if you're here in the U.S. Uh, if you were in other parts of the world, uh, I hope your weekend was uh, swell as well. Swell as well. I like it. <laughs> um, we had a a chill and
0: quiet Thanksgiving as ever. Um, yeah, because we shun the travel. We, we stay home and watch movies and watch fun things and just hang out. And yeah, it's good. Which is exactly what we did. We finished putting up
1: our Christmas decor for the year. Um, I think this the past two years, we have done uh, maybe uh not necessarily planned it this way but we've done the smart thing and we've gone in stages yes (laughs) so over the course of a week or two we take out the box like maybe we'll open up one box one day and like put a little you know few little knickknacks out and then you know the other day we'll drag out the tree we had our tree up for
0: a week before we Got around to decorating it. I was trying to figure that out. It was a whole week, right? It was up and it was lit, but it was not decorated, which yeah. was still really pretty because it was lit. Yeah. So so we finished
1: decorating the tree
0: and uh, trimming the home,
1: as it were. Uh, we also watched some television. We caught up on some of our Hallmark Channel Christmas movies, which is a thing for us. Uh, we enjoyed several of them recently. Uh, we might have a a wrap-up uh, later in December. Yeah about our general thoughts about this year's seasonal offerings. Um, also, we tried out two new things that uh, premiered on Netflix uh, recently. The first is Super Drags. Uh, this is a, a really... <laughs> what's the word I want to use? A wacky um, animated series about Super Drags. Need I say more? Yeah. Um, it's a, it's about a, a group of drag queen friends who uh, help protect the gay community from evildoers who want to uh, suck away their highlight, which is what makes uh, people from the gay community special. Um, I think this show was uh, bright, colorful, uh, very naughty. Um, There are a lot of dick jokes. Yep, <laughs> so um, which isn't necessarily my thing, but your mileage may vary. I recommend uh, at least checking it out. Super Drags it. Uh, there are five episodes currently on Netflix. Also, we gave the new She-Ra reboot a try, and uh, we're roughly about halfway through the new season and uh, are enjoying it immensely. Um, this reboot um, definitely takes what uh the the story beats and the original concepts and uh freshens them up for mm-hmm. a new
0: generation and i really like what they've done so far yeah i'll say first on super drags i would have gone with bonkers perhaps as the descriptor uh but was intrigued by that Shira i've enjoyed quite a lot so far um it took me a little bit to kind of get into the the different style and the different vibe of this show as opposed to the original series, but I'm liking it a lot. And as somebody who liked He-Man over She-Ra originally, this She-Ra, I think, uh, stands nicely and I would go, yeah, she might take over my, my He-Man enjoyment from my from my childhood. <laughs> but yeah, She-Ra and Super Drags on
1: Netflix. I also want to remind everyone that the Queer Lit Readathon is about to happen that begins the week of December 2nd. Um, I recently was reminded of the readathon when uh, Adriana from Perpetual Pages, she recently posted a video sharing um, their book list for this year's challenge. Um, The Queer Lit Readathon is uh, basically a seven-day challenge to uh, read nothing but queer lit for an entire week. Um, and it's put on and hosted by several queer uh, booktubers. Now, if you'd like to know more about this year's Queer Lit Readathon, uh, you can either check out Adriana's uh, channel, which is Perpetual Pages, or you can actually just search the title of the video I just mentioned. It is the Queer Lit Readathon TBR! Exclamation point.
0: And of course, we'll have that in the show notes as well. Of course. I was loving the bingo card that they've done so that you could play bingo and you chuck off your uh, categories that you're reading. And it's quite a list, too. I looked at that list, and they're, they're reading a nice diverse selection there. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to talk about because we were talking about uh, Thanksgiving and some stuff that went down in this past week. Of course, one of the things I love about Thanksgiving is the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. And this year, as always, there was some great entertainment to be had there, especially in the first hour. Uh, specifically want to call out the musical The Prom, uh, which was an off-Broadway musical that recently transferred onto Broadway and only opened mere days before Thanksgiving on Broadway. Uh, They got a featured spot uh, amongst the shows in the first hour of the parade. Um, And the important thing about this is that it featured the first lgbtq kiss on the macy's thanksgiving day parade now the prom is a show about a, a mean pta canceling a prom rather than allowing a same-sex couple to attend and there are broadway stars who hear about this and they're actually looking for an image rehab apparently and they take on this small town to go in there and say you know you can't do this to the prom um the company performed a number which is actually their closing number called it's time to dance which featured the kiss between the lesbian couple uh, i totally enjoyed this performance and would love to see the show if it's still running the next time we're in town but of course the right wing has a- sprung up and said ah you must boycate boycate boycott macy's and boycott NBC because they put this thing on you know, national television at like 10 o'clock in the morning where all the kids could see it on Thanksgiving morning. Oh, the horror. Um, I say to that, we all need to thank Macy's and NBC and support Macy's by a gift or two there and show them that love always wins over the hate-mongering right-wingers. Uh, um, it was a totally lovely performance. I could imagine uh, all of the... LGBTQ kids watching the parade and go, oh look, there's me in the parade, because it wasn't just that couple. This was a very diverse cast. Uh, I think I saw a couple, a gay couple, also in there. There seemed to be two boys who were a couple within the the prom crowd. Uh, This is more of what we need on TV not less, and we need to support uh, the folks who are putting it out there. So congrats to The Prom for being there and making a little history, and thanks to NBC and Macy's for making that happen as well. And this actually dovetails really nicely into something else that went down uh, earlier in Thanksgiving week that kind of broke across social media, or at least my social media, it might have been at other places earlier. One of my favorite authors, as I think we've established a few times on the show, is Bill Konigsberg, author of Out of the Pocket, uh, Openly Straight and some other really amazing YA books. Uh, over the past weekend, the weekend before Thanksgiving, uh, there was a conference going on, uh, called the Assembly on Literature for Adolescence of NCTE and NCTE is the National Council of Teachers of English. That's a mouthful, folks. (laughs) Uh, Bill specifically was there to appear on a couple of panels and also to speak at the Reading and Writing Resistance Acting Up, Speaking Out, NYA Lit event that happened as part of this conference. Uh, When he was on a panel that was called Disproportionately Banned and Challenged Books, one of the people who was on the panel, a woman whose name I have since learned, but I will also not uh, give her any... uh, visibility here, uh, said that her concern was for the truly marginalized groups in this country who are straight people, Catholics, and police. I'll let you process that while I go on. Uh, In in particular, she called out that LGBTQ people make up only three to four percent of the population. So why did we need so many books for so few kids? Further adding that It is a parent's responsibility, it's a moral right, to protect their children from LGBTQ texts. I don't know how the people who were also on this panel and uh, in attendance at this panel kind of kept their cool, but they definitely pushed back on her Uh, significantly. I imagine that the panel kind of disintegrated into kind of having to uh, refute this woman's just out of control claims. Um, at the speech that Bill gave later in the weekend, um, he managed to keep himself together. He gets very emotional in his, in, his, uh, in his speech at one point. But I want to read you a quote that he gave because it really uh, was inspiring and, and kind of motivational and something I think everyone in our author and reader communities need to keep in mind here and also try to speak on. Uh, he says, and I quote, I found the place I cannot and will not equivocate. When it comes to young people who are marginalized, whether for reasons of race, ethnicity, sexual orientation, gender, or ability, there is no conversation to be had about whether their lives have as much value as the lives of other kids. I won't engage in that conversation. I will not give credence to another side of this argument because there is none. Well said, Bill. Um, and something we should all kind of take up the fight on. Um, We will put the link to this speech uh, in the show notes uh, because it all got put up on YouTube. It's a stunning speech and kudos to Bill for actually uh, taking the moment to uh, stand up and say all those words. On a lighter note, we've been doing something new in November. Would you like to tell the good folks what we've been doing as a pilot program? Uh, Yes, as a pilot program, we've been experimenting with Facebook Live.
1: Now, um, for those of you who have been watching the show for a certain number of years now, it's been years, Years. um, (laughs) you, you may know that we record the show on Sunday so that Jeff has time to edit and produce the episode before it goes live on Monday. So what we've been experimenting with is with Facebook Live, While we record the show on Sunday morning, we've been doing a live broadcast, sort of a behind-the-scenes look at what it takes to put the show together. Um, We feel that the experiment has gone well. Yeah. So from now on... It, it seems that we're going to do this. Um, yeah. what <laughs> so here are all the details. We are going to be running a Facebook Live every Sunday morning between 7.30 and 8 a.m. Uh, yeah, that's when
0: we'll get started.
1: Pacific. And uh, if you want to join us, you certainly can. Um, what are some of the other details they should know? Um, this is by no means a replacement for the episode Um, most weeks we pre-record an interview with an author so we highly recommend that you check out the episode when it drops every monday to uh, watch the interview
0: yeah i think one of the things well a couple of things you can get from the live recording is if we screw up you get to see it uh we've had some episodes there's one episode in particular where neither one of us could really get our words out correctly and it the recording actually took twice as long as the actual finished product did, so the folks got to see that all kind of all the all that behind the scenes stuff. <laughs> uh, it gives you a chance to interact with us too, uh, because we do we do keep track of who's watching and we try to say hello as we go. And if you've got questions, you can throw them right out there, and we'll either discuss them while we're between the segments or at the end of the live broadcast. So. It's kind of fun to get to do that uh, on a weekly basis. So, yeah, we'll be there. As you said, we start between 7.30 and 8.00 Pacific Time, Sunday morning. So that's 10.30 to 11 o'clock Eastern. And, you know, we'd love to see if you want to pop by one Sunday morning and say hello. Yes, that is at
1: the Big Gay Fiction Podcast Facebook page. And if you haven't already liked us, please do so now.
2: In the hockey player's heart the feel-good gay romance by Jeff Adams and Will Knauss, hockey star Caleb Carter returns to his hometown to recover from an injury. He never expects to run into his one-time crush at a grade school fundraiser. Seeing Aaron Price hits him hard, like being checked into the boards. The attraction is still there, even after all these years, and Caleb decides to make a play for the schoolteacher. You miss 100% of the shots you never take, right? Aaron has been burned by love before and can't imagine what a celebrity like Caleb could possibly see in a guy like him. Their differences are just too great. But as Aaron spends more time with Caleb, he begins to wonder if he might have what it takes to win the hockey player's heart. Get the hockey player's heart in ebook, paperback, or as an audiobook performed by me, Finn Sterling, wherever you buy books.
1: Now, in addition to the holiday weekend, you have a special event coming up. I do. Another book release. Yes. Um, We've been talking an awful lot this past year about Jeff's Codename Winger series. He's either writing one or he's editing one or a book is coming out (laughs) and he's doing the blog tour. So you've got some information on the latest installment of your fantastic and uh, beloved series. Is it beloved? There are a lot of people who really like the code (laughs) name. That's true. That's true. And I am
0: very thankful uh, for those folks who have let me keep this series going. Uh, On Tuesday, the 27th, uh, Audio Assault, the third book in the series, comes out. Uh, This particular book uh, takes place on Theo's summer vacation. Uh, He is hoping to get through some training at Tactical Operational Support, which is the covert agency he works for and then spend the summer hanging out with his boyfriend, doing some TOS projects and a research project he's got going for MIT, because he's also a part-time college student. Uh, None of that actually happens for him because uh, he gets home and finds out his parents want to drag him off to New York City. Uh, There's a family friend who is needing some assistance uh, from the family and so they're going to go up there and help him. Uh, What they find initially is a kidnapping plot against a music mogul and his family, who also includes a young pop star. Uh, But they find out there's actually something more nefarious going on here. Uh, Someone's trying to break into the company's music distribution system, alter the digital files in such a way that it can become uh, something that can steal the data right off your phone, and also emit a tone that could drive you into a homicidal rage. Just, you know, small little problems like that. And of course, it's up to Theo and his technical expertise to help save the day and uh, keep everyone safe from those dangerous music files. So that is what the basis of Audio Assault is, but there's there's other things going on here too, because there are things, there are plots that kind of arc across the series, and As a couple of the early reviews, and and thank you, because so far the reviews have been good for this book. Uh, They note that this is kind of, a lot of stuff changes in this book. Uh, Theo is pushed in ways that he hasn't been before uh, when he's out in the field. And certainly his relationships uh, all change up uh, as this book progresses as well. Uh, And there's also a sneak peek in the back of Audio Assault as the first chapter from Book Four, which is titled Netminder, uh, is nestled into the back of the book. So I'm kind of excited. This is the first book that we've actually gotten. I've written. I wrote Book Four fast enough to get an excerpt into the back of Book Three. So I'm I'm super excited about that too. (laughs) So that comes out on Tuesday. The blog tour will also continue on Tuesday. Uh, I get to spend release day with Lisa over at The Novel Approach. Uh, which is very exciting. Uh, We're doing a giveaway. There's five blog tour stops, so along each blog tour stop, I'm giving away a free ebook, and then there'll be a grand prize drawing uh, for a signed paperback of Audio Assault as well.
1: Fantastic. Yes. Some really good prizes to look forward to. Um, Also, I think this is really special. I'm looking forward to this as well. Uh, You've got
0: some news on the very first book in the series. I do. So Tracker Hacker's been out just over a year now. And I'm very excited to note that this is coming out on audio. Now, if Audible does what it's supposed to do, is going to release this Thursday, November 29th. I'm so excited. I have not heard any of it yet, uh, but I did get to select John Solo as the narrator. Uh, he's done many Dreams Fun, Desires novels. He's done many, many other novels in our genre. Uh, I think this might be his first YA uh, looking across his catalog, but I'm super excited. I can't wait to hear what Theo sounds like. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm one of those geeky authors. I'm going to listen to this book because I really want to hear Theo come to life uh, with John because I've enjoyed many of John's uh, other books. So I'm looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. Should I do one last thing? He
1: is full of new A cornucopia of news this week. Um, Yet, there is one other tidbit (laughs) Jeff would like to share. One other, yes.
0: (laughs) So, while book three is coming out on Tuesday, I'm actually going to release what will be book 1.5 on Friday. So, on the blog tour stop that will happen on the DreamSpinner and Harmony, Inc. blogs, I am going to release a very winger christmas i have wanted to give theo a christmas story since i kind of came up with the idea of this series and i finally sorted out the plot this year i've talked a little bit about it on the show Uh, he has to go save christmas not only christmas for the world but also his family traditional christmas Uh, because they do very specific things on New New Year's Day. No, on Christmas Eve, and he's got to figure out how to save the world and get all of those family traditions in at the same time. Um, I'm just tickled with how the story turned out. It's a really quick read. It's only about 15,000 words, but it will make its debut in the blog tour stop on the Spinner and Harmony, Inc. uh, sites on Friday, and then be available for free um, forevermore. The, as I said, it's 1.5, so it actually falls between Tracker Hacker and Schooled, because in the in the timeline, that's where the Christmas vacation actually falls for Theo. Mm-hmm. So super excited about that. Uh, on jeffadamswrites.com, you can see the uh, blog tour schedule, and I'll also put the link to that schedule in the show notes. So in summation, please check out Audio Assault.
1: It's coming out this Tuesday. Uh, the Audible... Uh, audio book for Tracker Hacker is coming out later this week and also do not miss A Very Winger Christmas the short story that is part of the Audio Estelle blog tour well
0: said thank you for the summation oh you're welcome that's what I'm here for <laughs> that's what a good co-host does now I'm going to let you talk for a while because you've gotten into the holiday spirit with a couple of holiday books yes Um. this past week
1: I read Snow on the Roof by Sean Ashcroft And this is a book that I think it solidified something for me. I have a nice guy kink. Um, (laughs) I like books about nice guys who find each other and are nice to one another and they fall in love and they live happily ever after. (laughs) That's not a bad kink to have. I love these kinds of books. Um, So Snow on the Roof is about Grant. He is a guy in need of some help and Sonny is the man who's going to provide it. Um, not too long ago, Grant uh, took on a new job, um, a bit of a high-pressure job. Uh, he like made a move across the country and did all of that. And he's been very busy essentially for the past year trying to prove himself uh, and he's been doing it all by himself. But a recent screw up around uh, Thanksgiving vacation. Uh, he promised his family that he'd return home, but he didn't like make an airline reservation in time and uh, so he couldn't be there. Um, his, that screw up has finally made him realize that he does need help uh, and he needs to hire a personal assistant. Everyone else in his office has one. Uh, but he's kind of resisted because he wants to, you know, stand on his own two feet and prove himself with this new job. But he's, <laughs> he uh, he he needs he desperately needs the help. So someone finally uh, uh, convinces him to get a PA, and that man is going to be Sunny. Um, now the 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 problem is is that he needs this PA during the holidays. And um, it's not going to be evil, uh, easy to find someone on such short notice. Uh, thankfully, uh, because of, you know, reasons, um, <laughs> Son- Sonny is the nice guy who is available. He is young and adorable and full of energy and is actually surprisingly organized. And he helps Grant get his life together. So uh, in the short period um uh, between Thanksgiving and Christmas, um, Sonny r- kind of revolutionizes the way Grant lives his life. Not only organizing his um, business uh, like meetings and uh, all the stuff that he needs to do at work, but also his personal life as well. Uh, Grant asks Sonny to find a vacation home uh, for Christmas because Grant has promised his preteen daughter a white Christmas. Um So, of course, Sonny, being the uh, organized expert that he is, he actually does manage to find a a quaint little cabin in the woods that uh, Grant and his family can uh, spend the holidays at. So just before Christmas break, uh, Sonny and Grant go to the cabin to prepare it for the holiday. Uh, Unfortunately, a uh, heavier than expected snowfall strands them in the cabin.
0: Proximity. <laughs> Not only his nice guy kink, but his forced proximity kink as well. <laughs> so they're essentially trapped in this
1: uh, snowy mountain cabin uh, on uh, Christmas Eve. And uh, it's while they're there at the cabin, you know, getting ready for the holiday, that they uh, eventually um, they decide that the attraction that they've been feeling... Um, is worth taking a chance on uh and they hook up on um, christmas eve it's super romantic and super swishy and i <laughs> loved every second of it um uh, uh unfortunately the snow wasn't bad enough to prevent his uh grant's family from flying in and making the trip and they show up on christmas day uh, it's a little sort of awkward at first but Uh, grant and his family welcome Sonny with open arms and they spend the day together what's interesting about these two characters is is that um what i like is that they're nice guys being nice to one another and kind of getting to know one another and falling in love um there's they each have kind of uh, their own personal hang-ups i don't think they realize their own self-worth. Grant is um, almost, I think in the story, he's 18 years older than Sonny. Mm -hmm. Um, He sort of sees himself as a guy who's like past his prime and, you know, he's got, you know, work and his family. Why would, you know, anyone as young and fantastic as Sonny, you know, ever be interested in him? While on the flip side of the coin, Sonny, you know, sees himself as just some young schmuck who has nothing going for him and you know grant has everything that he wants he's got a fantastic job and an amazing family um so i think while while they've decided to take the plunge and explore this attraction with one another i don't know if either one of them believes that they're worthy of having a genuine uh caring relationship there is a black moment where Sonny leaves the cabin to go spend the rest of the holiday with his family, uh, but he he can't sleep, he can't eat, he can't stop thinking about Aww. Grant. So, uh, so he Poor guy. so he goes back to the cabin and declares his love for Grant, and it's wonderful, and it's snowy, and it's full of holiday cheer. I highly, highly recommend Snow on the Roof by Sean Ashcroft. I think this book kind of really captures the sean ashcroft vibe um i haven't read all of ashcroft's books but the ones that i've had had a very um trying to think of the word there's something very genuine and very appealing about the characters in a sean ashcroft book and i think snow in the roof certainly carries on that tradition so i highly recommend everyone check out snow on the roof so your
0: second book is Goldilocks and the Bear by Claire London, and I have to say, there I finally I found a good spot there. Um, that this is the most adorable cover. I love it. If you're on the video, you see the cover. It's so awesome with this big lumberjacky-looking guy with this big red beard. I love it.
1: Um, Claire recently uh, released this short story called Goldilocks and the Bear. Uh, Goldilocks is Gil. He is a coffee shop owner and uh, the bear is a guy named Bruin. He works uh, down the street at a nursery and the two have their cute meat in the doorway of Gil's coffee shop. Um, Bruin a uh, mistakenly delivers an oversized Christmas tree and gets it stuck in the door oh, no. <laughs> of the shop, <laughs> thereby preventing customers from entering the store, which is a problem. <laughs> um, so that's their cute meat. And while they're waiting, you know, someone from the nursery to like come bring, a uh, a little hacksaw so that they can like cut the tree out of the doorway. Um while they're waiting, they sit and they have a coffee and they get <laughs> to know one another. Uh, and it's completely hilarious and adorable. Um later, uh Bruin uh assist his niece at a sort of a afternoon uh daycare craft moment that they're having at the coffee shop. So While Gil and Bruin's first encounter with a Christmas tree was too big, their second one, where Bruin's niece is making these little mini uh, Christmas tree ornaments, um, their second encounter, uh, the trees are too small. (laughs) And then, then when they meet up later on Christmas Eve, Bruin brings a tree that is just right for Gil's sort of getaway that is upstairs above the coffee shop. Um, (laughs) That sounds so adorable. (laughs) It is. It's the most adorable thing ever. Um, If you haven't read a Claire London book before, I highly recommend checking out Goldilocks and the Bear. I think it is a perfect introduction to what um, Claire, as an author, has to offer. I think this is a really lovely, sweet, short, um, enjoyable um, holiday tale with one of my favorite covers ever that's a super adorable yeah it's super cute illustrated um
0: check it out yeah i'll stop obsessing on the cover now <laughs> <laughs> so i've done a couple of books as well the first one i'll talk about is someday uh by david levathon uh routine listeners of the podcast know that his book every day is one of my favorite of all time and, and to quickly tell you kind of the basis of what this is since this is a sequel uh every day is the story of a uh, they are a being who inhabit a different body every day at midnight a jumps to a different body in some close proximity to where they were that day. So if they're in, you know, San Francisco, they're not going to suddenly jump to New York. They're going to stay somewhere within that area. Uh, A is used to this existence. They're, they've, they just know that this is their thing. And then one day, A falls for Rhiannon because they end up in the body of Rhiannon's boyfriend. And. From there on, A is always trying to find the way back to Rhiannon, Uh, and they end up breaking one of their, what they've set as a prime directive for themselves, where they don't want to do any harm to the person whose life they're inhabiting for the day, Uh, and he they break that rule a few times trying to get back to Rhiannon. So this movie this movie this well, was a this was a movie it was a movie um, earlier in 2018 which was like a quite good adaptation of this book um, also in uh, every day there is Reverend Poole who uh, plays a nefarious aspect towards the end because Reverend Poole knows about these people who inhabit Uh, These bodies and hop around and we find out that pool is actually inhabited by somebody uh, who doesn't hop every day. We find more about this person in Someday. Uh, This person goes by X. They are they have to leave pool because pool's body is dying. So they have to make the jump. And they've decided they want to go find A because A needs to, they feel, X feels that A needs to learn more about being this this being and how to hang on to bodies and living the life that A may want. So for a while, there are three threads going on inside this book. Uh, a has gone off to Denver because uh, A and Rhiannon are no longer trying to speak to each other. They can't figure out how to make a relationship work. And so they've decided to break it off and go their separate ways. Uh, Rhiannon, we find, still in high school. Um, she's got a new boyfriend. Uh, still is friends with Nathan, who was kind of the one who figured out that uh, A messed with his life uh, during, uh, while he was there. Uh, and then we have X, who's trying to get back to A. And all of this kind of coalesces together. I know, it's a little bonkers, right? I don't think anything you just said made any sense at all, but I'm going to let you continue. It made sense to me. <laughs> and if you've read someday, it would make sense to you as well. But these three threads all come together because A and Rhiannon decide to start communicating with each other and A hijacks somebody to get back to the East Coast. Uh, X reaches out to Nathan because uh, Nathan knew X as Pool. And uses Nathan to make sure that A gets to him. Um, It's all three huge emotions ran through here for me. Um, The way that Levathon writes X, it's terrifying. Because X really has no feeling for the bodies that he's inhabiting. And really doesn't feel anything other than what he... Wants. And he actually feels like he is a man. He considers himself an alpha male, regardless of the body that he's inhabiting. Uh, a and Rhiannon still feel so much for each other and they want so badly to figure out how to make a relationship work. And then there's A's desire to actually get to know X and understand what X is doing and why A is the way they are it's just he wants to know but he's terrified and i keep miss i keep misgendering a and i apologize for that a is a they um the way that leviathan just binds all this together i was i was at alternate times like really just enamored with Rhiannon and a's come back to each other and falling back into their normal routines after after a fashion but also just the fear of what X could bring to the equation um, as A learns more about themselves and and the type of being they are. Um, the end of the book left me with such a quandary, though. Uh, obviously, I'm not going to give up any spoilers, but the what went down at the end was just like, oh my God, did they just really... Go that direction with these characters, and so I was—I was truly intrigued, and I hope there's another sequel. I'm curious, you know, how A and Rhiannon may continue, uh, and for the the consequences, I'll leave it of kind of where everything got left. Um, David Levithan just continues to write very intriguing works with this particular series because of all of the ins and outs and crazy things that go on with it. Um so I I highly recommend Someday, but only if you've read Every Day First. It is not by any means a standalone. And I'm sorry I totally confused you. <laughs> okay, here
1: okay. Um that was a terrible review.
0: Thank you. Um
1: let let's try and uh bring it let's pull it back. Um, even though I've seen, I haven't read the books. I've seen the movie, so I understand the basis for this. Uh, essentially, what is you know a high concept idea? Mm-hmm. Is it safe to say that in this second book, David Levithan explores some of the sci-fi thriller aspects of the story that were not
0: in the movie? I will say yes, because okay. this is a much more an exploration of the. The types of beings that A and X are.
1: Okay. Thank you. So, if you're into that, please check out David Levithan's latest
0: someday. Yes. But read every day first, or you will be lost. <laughs> I'm going to go to a much easier book now. <laughs> yes, please do. <laughs> he loves me. He really does. I do love him, and but he, Lordy. And, and he keeps what the, a review. Oh, I know it was hard. <laughs> I like the book, though. So there. Uh, the second book to talk about is "Loving Locke" uh, by Chris Jason. Now, Chris talked to us about this book mm-hmm. uh, in one of the GRL bonus episodes that we had, and I'll link to that the show notes so you can go hear about her, hear her talk about this. Um, this is a shifter book, and as you might tell by the word Locke, it is Loch Ness monster shifters. Uh, we meet Locke, who is an illustrator uh, who helps out with his family business. There's an inn at a pub, and it all sits right next to the lock in Scotland. Uh, And his entire family are shifters and have been for generations. And they are the entire uh, reason that there's this whole Loch Ness uh, mythology that goes on because they really are the monster, but nobody can find the monster because they're never in the lock when the hunters are out. David comes to Scotland to get away from his life. Essentially, he is an accountant who's finished tax season. And his assistant finds this post-it note in his briefcase. That is his bucket list from when he was in college. And among those is to go to the lock and go to Scotland. Well, he finds he and Locke immediately feel a connection to each other when Locke comes to pick him up at the airport. And they go off to the inn and they get... They do all the things that you would expect them to do. They, they take a tour. Uh, Locke shows him around. Because it's a family-run kind of B&B sort of inn, uh, David beats the family and the, the, the newly little monsters who are like four- and five-year-old uh, nephews to Locke. Um, and because there is a sickness going around, uh, he, David actually ends up helping out at the pub and helping out at the inn and getting even more connected to this family. And when David and Locke finally come together to be like, I think I like you, I think I like you too, it is so sweet. The chemistry between these two, I have the same nice guy kink you've got, really. Mm. I'm not really <laughs> all that into to bad boys or bad people or anything like that. These are two really cute great chemistry guys who take the leap and somehow david does not freak out at the idea that his potential new boyfriend happens to also be a Loch Ness monster (laughs) Uh, chris does such a great job of packing so much story into this short and it is it's a short i read it in probably an hour and a half or so um they are cute. The Establishing how the family is the, are the shifters is adorable. Um, I love the kids. I wish this was longer. That's my only desire. I, just to like flesh it out a little bit more. I hope that she goes back to this. There's a family here. There's other characters here that she could play with. So I really hope Chris goes back to it. So if you want kind of a nice, quick, fun read with shifters, check out Loving Lock by Chris Jason. Now, despite our terrible reviews of
1: these books... um, Yours were great. I only had the confusing one. (laughs) If you're interested in any of them, please check out this week's show notes. We have links for everything that we have just discussed. Um, when you use the links on the show notes page, you also support this podcast. Another way that you can do that is, of course, through Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, your pledge helps pay for the cost of producing and distributing this show. All patrons have the option of having a personalized thank you sent directly to them. And also, uh, every month that our pledges cover our monthly production costs, we'll produce a special bonus episode, especially for our patrons. Um, we've got a whole year's worth
0: of uh, special well, bonus episodes. Nearly two years' worth. <laughs> we just did number 21 last week. Oh, that's a lot. Wait. Oh, that's way more than I thought we yeah. had. <laughs> yeah, we're coming up on our second Patreon anniversary in January.
1: So if you're interested in helping to support this show, all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash biggayfictionpodcast. That's patreo ncom slash biggayfictionpodcast. <laughs> Did you know that podcasts love to get reviews, too? Taking a moment to leave a review about the Big Gay Fiction podcast helps us with the show's visibility online. Please take a moment to visit iTunes and leave a review. Your comments help other readers of gay romance discover this show.
0: Thanks for helping us spread the word about the Big Gay Fiction podcast. Earlier this week, I had the opportunity to talk to Danny from Love Bites Reviews. She is going to give us several series to look at to read for comfort reads as we are, you know, kind of crossing into that winter kind of hunker down phase. Uh, And she's got some good recommendations for us. I'm very happy to welcome Danny back to the podcast. It's so good to see you. Thanks for hanging out with us.
3: Hi, Jeff. Good to see you again.
0: So we're talking about kind of rereading and comfort reading this time out. I know you've been rereading some stuff. Uh, and it's a great time of year to be doing that. We're all kind of hungry down for winter here in the northern hemisphere. Uh, what recommendations do you have for some for some comfort reading that you've been doing?
3: Well, uh, I'm normally not so much for rereading because I have such so much books that I'm like, okay, I have so much to read but uh, situation brought me to some rereading, some comfort reading so um and I have to say, it was spiked by a comment on Facebook by somebody who was reading the Change of Heart series by Mary Kamei. And I was like, oh, i um, that's one of the few books I will reread on occasion. Like I said, I don't reread that much. But um, it made me go back to that. And I had so much fun rereading the whole five books in like two days. I was like, oh, my God, this is so good. It made me feel so good. So I was like, okay, I needed this. So yeah, I it was wonderful to reconnect with those characters and wonderful to, yeah, like I said, comfort meet. It was like uh, it's it's one of my favorite series. It's one of my favorite couples, um, Logan and Jin, and their side characters, their family, their extended family. It's wonderful to to go there. It's um, if I think I if I have to recommend um a series if somebody asked me to uh, it's also one of the series i will recommend despite that it's being about a werecat um so it's it's kind of paranormal i guess it's one of the it's one, one of my earliest books and i think it's one of the best that i ever read so it's it's like i said it's one my go back to i have two i have uh, mary call with her change of hearts I think for a lot of people, they have the same feeling with her with A Matter of Time series. Perhaps you're familiar with that one, mm-hmm. With jo- Jory and Sam are also well-known couples. So yeah, that, well, it's it's connected. A lot of people, if you ask them what series they will recommend or want to reread, they will mention those. Uh, my, other, my other comfort series to go back to is um, The Love Meen series from Andrew Gray. Um, Especially the first one, if you, I think, if you are a new reader, perhaps that's a good one. One thing to mention because not even for rereading, but if you want to start something new and you're watching this podcast and you want a a, um, a comfort read, a contemporary read, um, I think "Love Means No Shame" that's the first one with Eli and Jeff. I think that's um, one of the one of most wonderful books out there. So. That's um, a series I also can really recommend. I haven't reread, re-read it in quite a while, but um, I'm used to, like I said, it's, I have two books that I will go back to, and that's Love Meets No Shame and Change of Heart. So I will go back in there. Yeah, so that's two that I would recommend, either rereading or even if you are a new reader.
0: So, What is it about Change of Hearts* that makes it kind of your number one?
3: It's just a feeling. I think it's hard to explain for um, a reader or an author or whatever what makes you connect with the characters. Um, for me, Logan and Yin, they just they just matched. It was fun. It was sexy. It was hot. It was amazing family connections that uh, I like, like your familiar and the readers who are have seen me on here with you are familiar with the fact that I love a good series. So mm-hmm. the side characters, the books, the way they are interconnected in a way, it just makes me makes me warm, makes me wonderful. Like I said, it's... So yeah, what makes it for a reader? Can you always pinpoint the fact what makes the book for you? Is it not always kind of the feeling, how it makes you feel
0: so, if people are on the video, they see that we've changed up things a little bit because we lost our connection in the middle of all uh, of our chat. But we've got you back now.
3: Yes, from my phone. <laughs>
0: I'm uh, kind of so
3: in a whole place here. So, but I'm on my own <laughs> mobile connection,
0: and I had battery on my phone. So yeah, it works. I'm good. We love technology. Yeah. <laughs> So tell us about a couple more series that fall into that kind of comfort re- read for you.
3: Well, uh, one of the few series I also reread is um, the Unbreakable Bond series and the Ward series from Jocelyn Jake and Jocelyn Drake and Brenda Elliott, um, just because I like them, because I like the like the yeah whatever. It's it's like uh, great guys, great. Characters—they are super hot. They are they, in my mind. They're even more hotter. They have great matching. They are dominant. They are fun. They are yeah, wonderful. So that's really. Um, they started out with the Unbreakable Bond series, and then they did a spin-off with the Ward series, and then the latest release was back in the Unbreakable Bond series. And now they have to either have have a solo release. But um, yeah, that's one of the one of the few series that I would like that I will reread in complete. So that's uh, also um, yeah, that's fun. It's uh, they all have uh, different jobs. They have uh, like Lucas has a company, Snow has um, is a doctor, and they all are connected because of military background and the team that they formed up. So and then um, the road of Third one has uh, an, an agency, and then the spin off comes from the officers that are working with him. So it's kind of if you are into that stuff, like interconnecting con- <laughs> characters and everything, then you will really <clears throat> enjoy that one. And I think the I have another one for you, if you like. Um, that's the Nothing Special series um, from AE a- a- VIA. Jeez, that's a hard name <laughs> to pronounce for me. Um, and that's kind of, um, I am rereading that because he is doing a new release at the end of November in this series, and he also did some other series. He did the Promises series and whatever. And, um, well, she's coming back to to this one with the new release at the end of November, and I'm really looking forward to uh, connecting with the older characters from the first books and, um, I'm hoping I'm hoping on that, and then I'm and that's why I'm rereading that series currently. So I'm like in book three at the moment or something. So that's also one of I mean you can reread for comfort. Or obviously, I think perhaps for me that's the biggest one. But on occasion, I would like to reread some stuff in preparation for a new release because I'm. Um, Not all the times, because sometimes I just will read at a review I did or review from a good friend or read the blurb or whatever. But um, on occasion, it's nice to, if you are very invested in a series, it's really nice to reread the whole series in preparation of the new release, I think. So that's also one of the reasons that you can reread. Um, If you're talking about comfort reading, I would like to say that... um, for me, comfort reading is also going back to my roots and those are fan fiction roots. So I started out as um, Luca Noah as a new key. But if I go back to fan fiction, I, uh, I'm going back to the Harry Potter, Harry Draco um, universe. So um, if somebody wants some recommendations on there, oh God, so many good books on there. And if you need some comfort, there are series there that I read like, Ten times or whatever, so that's funny. That normally I won't, I won't do that with normal books, but for fan fiction, it's so easy to go back to. So we just wanted to mention that if somebody wants something else or whatever, so well, you have four series. If if people want more series, then I come back to your show and you can tell me, that people want more recommendations on rereading, so I can do that.
0: I have lots. Loved- and you do series, which is awesome because so I mean, you've become kind of our series go-to person because <laughs> you're all about the series. You know, we've got Brandolins who all, is all about the audio and you're all about the series.
3: <laughs> okay. Well, that's a cool title. I like myself that way. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's cool. Absolutely. And if you want to send us a couple of links of like some favorite Harry Potter uh, fan fiction, we'll put those in the show notes so people can check them out.
3: I can do that. Um, I would say if I have to go with one author, it would be Fora Bisa. Um, she's one of the, I think one of the first and she hasn't written any. F- it's also the person I would love to know who she was. I mean, why did she quit like in 2014 or whatever? Um, she has so many unbelievable fan fiction. It's, it's amazing. So
0: that's, Wonderful. So, Danny, thank you so much for sharing these series with us, and we wish you and your family a very happy holiday season. Same to you and
3: Will. I hope you have a wonderful holiday season.
1: As always, it's a delight to have our friend from the Netherlands on the show. Uh, We're so glad that Danny could take the time to talk about uh, some of her favorite comfort reads. Um, We hope that you check some of them out as well. For sure, there was some good stuff in there. Okay, I think that'll do it for this week's episode. Coming up next week in episode 165, Sylvia Violet will be here to talk about her latest release, Painfully Attractive, as well as the latest uh, in her upcoming series. Yes, it was awesome talking to her and finding out about all the great things that she's working on. So guys, remember, no matter where life takes you, the journey will always be sweeter when you have a book. Until next time, everyone, please keep turning those pages and keep reading. For detailed show notes and links to everything discussed in this episode, go to biggayfictionpodcast.com. New episodes are available every Monday at all major podcast distributors. You can also find us on YouTube. I'm Derek McLean. Thanks for listening.